Welcome to the Ocean Hills Podcast. Our hope is that today's message would help you connect more deeply with God and with others. If you would like more information on what is happening in the Ocean Hills community, check out our website at oceanhills.org or download the Ocean Hills app. If you are encouraged by our ministry and would like to partner with us financially, you can give through your mobile device by texting Ocean Hills to 77977. We hope you enjoy this message. John Ireland, good to be together this morning. Thanks for uh, making being part of a God community, a God family, part of your weekly rhythm. And uh, for those of you that are here to support your kids and grandkids, we're glad and happy and excited for you and uh, have been praying for you all. And uh, we welcome you to this space. You know, one of the things I love about that song, it reminds us about change. The church The gospel, the scriptures, the God who created the universe, it's all about change, transformation, when we discover his unfailing love. We like to say in this church that God is bigger and better and closer than you think or I think. He's bigger, he's better, he's closer, he's more loving, more merciful, more gracious than you can ever imagine. And, and so when we gather on Sundays, we're reminding each other of how good God is and that we want to walk out of this auditorium, this space, different than when we walked in because we want to be people that are growing. We want to be people that are stretching. We want to be people that are becoming. Becoming is a discipleship word. Becoming more like Christ, more compassionate, more forgiving, more merciful, more gracious, more truthful. And so, uh, welcome all of you into this community. You know, Jesus did say, it wasn't some philosopher, it was actually Jesus who said, it's better to give than to receive. And uh, you'll be more blessed if you give than if you just have this posture of just taking. And so as a church, we want to continue to encourage each other to be generous to become generous people. That's an adventure, by the way, to live this way rather than this way. And if you're a partner here, if you're part of our core here, if you call Ocean Hills your God family, your church family, we are in it together. And uh, our ministries and our mission is all moving forward because of the people that are sitting behind you and in front of you and next to you. We don't, we're not like on some scholarship from the denomination or uh, have some grant from some institution. It's the generous, sacrificial, faithful, and regular giving uh, of all of you. So thank you, thank you, thank you for your generosity, your faithfulness, and your giving. And there are boxes there uh, as you leave, these little wooden boxes. If you want to put some money in there, if you want to write a check, you can do that. Also, you were given um, a little program here. If you want to rip that off and put your name and email in there uh, and any prayer requests, Drop those in the offering boxes, and uh, our staff meets on Monday mornings, and we pray for you. We pray for those that uh, want us to pray for them by letting us know on that card. If you have any other questions, uh, ask Cozy. <laughs> hey, let me pray for us, then we're going uh, to jump into the message. Quiet your hearts. Give you a moment of silence to invite God to soften your heart and to speak into it this morning.
God, you were in this place. I pray that each person in this space would sense your nearness, your closeness, your love, your presence. And I pray that you'd give us ears that could hear spiritual truth, that we'd walk out of here with a greater desire to become the men and women that you dream for us to become, to make this world a better place by bringing your kingdom on earth as it is in heaven. Amen. We, um, we started a series a couple weeks ago. In fact, I need to give a shout out. Uh, I, I heard Mike McKinnis last week just hit a home run. I don't know if he's in here, but Mike, thank you. He's like the new local celebrity at Ocean Hills, man. I didn't know if I was going to have a job when I came back. My, my phone was blowing up. Man, that guy, he should be speaking more at Ocean Hills. He's amazing. He's great. God bless you. Thank you so much. Um, so we're doing this series. It's called From Mild to Wild. From Mild to Wild. And a couple of weeks ago, we launched a series. I threw up a couple of slides. And it's really about thinking about your faith journey. And so often in the church, here's, here, here's one slide. I wonder if this is the slide. This is the Truckee River up in Tahoe. I grew up on little float trips, safe, comfortable, kind of easy, not much risk, not any risk unless you have a little baby in the boat with you, um, but also, I'll just poke the bear a little bit, kind of boring kind of boring. And, and I think for some of us this morning, this is what our faith experience looks like, if we were to put it in a picture or a slide. But then there's another photo that we showed last week, and this is, uh, I think that's of the Fudalefu River, the Class 5 River in Chile that uh, a group of men we went down a few years ago. And this is more like Oh my gosh, I have a guide in the back of the boat that's directing, and, uh, and it's an adventure. It's scary, it's risky, it's, uh, we're not falling asleep. And I think the faith journey that we're, 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 we're kind of going in between, all of us, including myself, there are seasons of my life where my faith in Christ feels more like I'm on the Truckee River and I'm just kind of slowly floating down and also kind of slowly falling asleep spiritually. And then there's other times. Sometimes it's hardship in my life. Sometimes it's taking some risks that uh, awaken me to God and to this world and the needs in this world and the people around me. And it can feel more like a class Five rapid. Let me remind us of the words that launched this series. Revelation chapter 3, the church in Laodicea. These words are spoken by Jesus, and he says this, I know your deeds, that would be your actions, your behaviors, the way you're behaving. He's saying, I see the way you're living. I see the way you're Responding or not responding to God. I see the way that you're treating other people. I see the choices you're making, the priorities that you have. He says, I know your deeds, that you are neither cold nor hot. I wish you were either one or the other. 
So because you are lukewarm, lukewarm. So because you're lukewarm, neither hot nor cold, I'm about to spit you out of my mouth. Oh, God, I read that. I want to cross that out in my Bible. Like, he didn't really say that, did he? That feels harsh. I want you, how many of you love hot coffee? Raise your hand. How many of you love cold brew? Raise your hand. How many of you love room temperature? All right. We'll, we'll meet one-on-one for personal counseling later. All right. Most of us, we love either hot or cold. And I think what Jesus is getting at here is he's saying, you know, when we live this lukewarm life, it, it, it creates a distaste in his mouth. He'd rather have us out. Like, quit playing games, quit going through the motions, quit pretending, and just make a decision. I'm either all in or I'm not. I mean, there's a kind of, this, this passage, these couple of verses kind of push us to that point of discomfort. I, I hope it makes you uncomfortable because I've been reading this and rereading it and living in it all week, and I'm like, ooh, God. And so, with the help of Casey Yardley this week, we put together the top 10 warning signs that you, and I'm pointing at myself, are a lukewarm Christian. Are you ready? Buckle up. You can't leave in the middle of this, all right? You can't leave. Promise me you're not going to get up and leave. Here we go. Number one smorgasbord faith you pick and choose i pick and choose what to believe and follow in the bible based on what i like agree with and feel issues like money and sex those are off the table i'll decide what's best for me when it comes to that number nine god it got quiet in here (laughs) number nine compare ourselves to other people and feel great about ourselves because I'm so much better than you or them, right? Number eight, love only those who love us back. We carry bitterness towards those who have hurt us instead of becoming people who learn how to forgive. Number seven, we value comfort Safety and security above all else. Sacrifice and risk will make me uncomfortable and will compromise my (laughs) self-care. Oh, man. I'm going to get some emails this week. Number six. Let's keep going. Look, I look like a good Christian. I got my Love Everyone Always bumper sticker on my car. I wear a cross around my neck. I go to church once in a while to see my friends. I pray when I'm desperate for help, and I post a photo of myself on Instagram when I volunteer with my family at Thanksgiving to serve the homeless. (laughs) Number five, I financially give when I like the music and the sermon instead of giving as a priority and a percentage. I might need to have John finish the sermon. I don't know if I'm going to get through this. <laughs> All right. Number four, I'm afraid of looking like a Jesus freak. So let's just keep the God talk to a minimum, okay? Number three, 
God cares about my soul, and I know I'm going to heaven, but he doesn't have anything to say to me about real life here in 2023, about my marriage, finances, parenting, work life, friendships, or thought life. Number two, church is for M-E. I'm the Holy Trinity, me, myself, and I. Church is for me. So if I don't feel like going or I don't like the sermons, kids' programs, music, then it's time to find another church that serves what I need. And number one, my favorite book of the Bible is First Hesitations. And my favorite verse is God helps those who help themselves. Of course, neither of those are in the Bible. So you go ahead and reflect on that last one. All right, John Orberg has a great quote, and I hope it inspires you. That, of course, that list is not to shame you. I'm writing that to myself. I, a, lot of, a lot of those, Casey and I are going, ooh, this is for all of us. So here's John Orberg's quote that I love. The decision to grow always invo- involves a choice between risk and comfort. Let me say that again. The decision to grow always involves a choice between risk and comfort. This means that to be a follower of Jesus, you and I must renounce comfort as the ultimate value of our life. Wow. Do you want to grow? The goal of the Christian life isn't just to get comfortable. And so if you're checking out the Christian life, if that you may go, it's not for me. That's the goal of my life. The goal of the Christian life involves a choice. That's what Orberg is saying, between risk and comfort. And so I'm going to do kind of a macro. I just want to kind of, just in the few moments that I have here, a macro look at the normal, ordinary people who were following an extraordinary God. And in a way, I would say they renounced comfort as the most important value of their life and embraced a life of risk. You cannot read the Bible without over and over and over and over and over and over and over, character after character after character. And what do you find? You find people taking a leap of faith, people stepping out and trusting in a God that they often couldn't see but heard and responded in obedience. And so let me just give you a few of those stories. If Abraham doesn't take a risk and obey God and leave the comforts of family and country and risk being humiliated and risk Trusting in God's weird, odd, crazy timing, dot, dot, dot. You fill in the blank. He doesn't become the father of nations. What about Joseph? If Joseph and his brothers don't have what I would call the repair conversation in Genesis 50, that one where they get reconciled to one another, if that, if, if Joseph doesn't take a risk and have that conversation that mends and repairs the relationship, the family remains strained, broken, and not 
together. If Moses doesn't take a leap of faith and obey God by going to confront Pharaoh, saying boldly, courageously, facing his fear, saying, let my people go, then God's people don't get delivered from Egypt. If Rahab doesn't take a risk and hide those two spies, the people of God don't enter into the promised land. If Gideon, I love that story of Gideon, in Judges 6 and 7, if he didn't take a massive jump, leap of faith, stretching himself, taking a risk, what's he do? He follows the Lord's instructions and he reduces his army from 32,000, going to go battle the, the Midianites, the Midianites, and 32,000, and he trusts God. God says, keep reducing your number all the way down to, you know the number, 300. Think about the faith, the risk that that took. And if he doesn't follow God, if he is not responsive and obedient to God, they don't win the battle. God's not giving them his blessing. If David doesn't take a big risk and step forward to face Goliath, if the widow at Zarephath doesn't take a leap of faith and share her last meal with Elijah, 1 Kings 17. What about Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in the book of Daniel? They don't stand up to King Nebuchadnezzar and stand against evil, stand against worshiping false gods, stand up against bowing before the false gods. Daniel 3, what about Peter? If he doesn't risk getting out of the boat, he doesn't what? Walk on water. Blind Bartimaeus, what about him? If he doesn't take a risk, Jesus is walking by and he shouts, Jesus, have mercy on me. And the crowd says, shut up, be quiet, leave him alone. And what does Bartimaeus do? He shouts all the more. He takes a risk. He stands up. He cries out. He stretches out for his healing. And if he doesn't take that risk, he doesn't get healed. And then what about the demoniac in Mark 5? He's, he, if, if he doesn't leave the tombs, the caves, the shadow of darkness, the self-destructive habits, if he doesn't risk and come out of and out from and beg Jesus for help, this tormented soul who's demon-possessed, who in our day and age would say is facing a major addiction, just tormented and can't break free. He's chained up and self-destructive. If he doesn't come out and bow before Christ, he doesn't experience deliverance. Here's what Soren Kierkegaard writes. I love this quote. He put it this way, for without risk... There is no faith. And the greater the risk, the greater the faith. Without risk, there is no faith. The greater the risk, the greater the faith. Here's my question. How are you moving from mild to wild. Where might you point to in the last few weeks saying, that's, that's where I took a leap of faith. 
That's where I sense God was saying to me, I needed to do this, to have that conversation, to make this hard decision or this sacrifice. And I did it. I honored God. I stepped up for Christ. And I experienced the power of God in my life. I experienced his provision in my life. I experienced his, and you fill in the blank. And so what is it for you? Today is really about, as we think about mild to wild, it's about risk-taking. It's about getting out of our comfort zone. It's about the ho-hum, I'm bored. Yeah, I'm checking the boxes in my faith. Natalie and I were having lunch. I wasn't planning on telling this story. We were having lunch yesterday at Super Kuka's over there on Mitchell Terrena, sitting at this table. This guy comes up, older guy. He comes up and he says, you, you mind if I interrupt your lunch? It's like, okay, okay. What's up, man? He goes, I just want to know if you've accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior. <laughs> I said, wow. I said, absolutely, man. He said, really? I go, yeah. He goes, oh, I'm so glad to hear that. And then he said this. He goes, my, my sons, they're challenging me to take more risks in my faith, to, to be more public with my faith. I said, Natalie and I said, God bless you, man. Thanks for blessing us today. Go follow Jesus. And he, it was just, we said this really kind of neat time just for a moment. Now, I know for some of us, we're like, ooh, that feels a little cringy. I'm not saying you got to go start walking through restaurants in Santa Barbara asking that question. So, so, just, so don't misread that. But for this guy, in his journey, getting out of his comfort zone was taking that risk. My question to you is, what does it look like for you? And so I have a list here for you. Somebody in here needs to risk that repair Conversation. You have a strained relationship right now. You might be sitting next to your husband or your wife, but you're like, we're not talking. And we need to have that conversation. Or a friend or a family member. What's the repair conversation that is the risk that God's inviting you? The Spirit of God is prompting, prodding in your heart. How about helping somebody else grow? Some of you have been followers of Jesus for 20, 30 years, and you've never helped another person grow. It's just all about me. Take a risk and say, I'm tired of being a first-year Christian for 40 years. I had actually somebody say that to me once. And if that's you, come and talk to me and say, I want to help others grow. It might be kids, youth. It might be other adults, young women, young men. How about this? You know, at the end of our service, we don't always, but we often, we have the prayer team here. And it would be a risk for many of you. There are some of you who have been part of this church and you've never come for prayer. And you might think, well, I don't want people to think I'm desperate. But here's another way I was thinking about it this week. What if your mission was so big Your purpose in life was so big in mine too that I'm like, unless God shows up, I'm not going to do the things that God wants me to do on this planet Earth. I need prayer. Not because I'm broken and hurting. Some Some of us are, and we need to come for prayer for healing and help. But others of us, 
you got a mission so big, you're running down here going, please bless me, pray for me, man. I got a big week ahead of me. God wants to use me in some great ways. Come for prayer that way. That would be a risk for some of you. And I'm, I'm asking God to just put it in your heart to take a risk. I, I mean, I got a whole long list here. I'm not going to. Some of you, it's letting others in. It's the friendship thing about being transparent. You want other people to always let you in. You want to know everybody else's business. But what about transparency, vulnerability, letting people into your secrets, into your struggles? That would be a huge risk, spiritual risk for some of you to take. And then here's, here's one somebody sent me when I asked some friends. It's the risk of actually honoring the Sabbath. You go, how's that a risk? Well... Sabbath has to do with not working, but trusting that God will work when I'm not working. Can I stop working and thinking about work and get off my phone for 24 hours to pray and play and enjoy my family and friends? And it's a risk. I I don't know if I can do that. I might miss a deal. I might miss a this. What about if somebody in the church calls me and they need my help, right? And so we play God. And so it's a risk to say, I'm not God. I'm going to let God be God for the next 24 hours, and I'm going to honor the Sabbath every week. All right, I'm going to stop. I'm going to stop with this quote. This is a Mark Batterson quote. He's the pastor in Washington, D.C. This quote just jacks me up, man. I love this quote. He wrote this, Quit living as if the purpose of life is to arrive safely at death. Set God-sized goals. Pursue God-ordained passions. Go after a dream that is destined to fail without divine intervention. Keep asking questions. Keep making mistakes. Keep seeking God. Stop pointing out problems and become part of the solution. Stop repeating the past and start creating the future. Stop playing it safe and start taking risks. Accumulate experiences. Consider the lilies. Criticize by creating. Find every excuse you can to celebrate everything you can. Live like today's the first day and the last day of your life. And don't let what's wrong with you keep you from worshiping what's right with God. Burn sinful bridges. Blaze new trails. Worry less about what people think and more about what God thinks. Don't try to be who you're not. Be yourself. Laugh at yourself. Quit holding out. Quit holding back. Quit running away. So, it would be a shame if we just kind of left here today and went, oh, that was a C plus, good, you know, I'll give, a, I'll give them a C minus. We're actually going to take a risk right now. Pastor Jono has a microphone, and I'm going to grab this mic, and we are going to walk up and down the aisles, and we're going to ask you to think about where have you, maybe in the last month or two, stepped out in faith, faced your fear, gathered your courage, 
and went to a more maybe we did we, we sent 60 what three people to mexico to build houses some maybe maybe somebody stepped out and ran the la marathon we just sent a bunch of women to a women's retreat and a bunch of men to a men's retreat maybe something happened this week at work for you where you said i'm going to trust god with uh with people in my workplace or a friendship or i had a repair conversation i don't know what it is but you said sense that god was calling me to do something and i took a risk and I did it. Now, you don't get five minutes to tell your story. You get two sentences. You're just going gonna to give praise to God. You're just going to let us into where you did that. We're taking a risk because maybe nobody's going to stand. But we're also not going to take so big a risk that we give you the mic. <laughs> we're going to hold the microphone in front of your mouth, all right? We're not going to let you hold it. We're gonna, but you're going to stand up and walk into the center aisle and when you're ready, do it. 